Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. How do you feel about talking about containers? I think containers are awesome. I had a client once who was uh, just shipping containers all around the world. Uh, I hear there were a lot of them that were stuck in a canal in Egypt. So that, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, not, not be surprised to our listeners. They, they might have been hearing containers and thought we were going to be talking about Docker. But no. And, oh, and, yeah, and, not that kind. <laughs> not, not that kind of ship. The other kind of ship. Yeah. And, it, and it, this could be this. This is a very personal story for me because if, um, I'm still waiting for my container from London <laughs> from when we moved here and what we, we uh, thought was going to be arriving uh, in late August. And we shipped in July and is still uh, not quite uh, shown up. But um, not, what, not what, rooted through Egypt, I hope. Uh, no, hopefully not. I've, I've heard it's actually made it to New York. So if it's in the right continent, so that's that's progress. But I, I, what, what stood out to me is I was reading uh, a blog post, a uh, link in the show notes as always, and it was um, a, a, a blog called The Z. Um, I think that's pronounced correctly um, from my research. And uh, he had highlighted this uh, unexpected victory <laughs> in container stacking at the uh, uh, um, port of Long Beach. And uh, it was it, what really st stood out to me is there was a lot of lessons that are applicable to the kind of companies that you and I talked to that, um, that I thought would make a, a good um, discussion topic for the podcast. Tell us more about it. All right. So the, the element here is that there was a Twitter thread that got a lot of attention and led to a rule change. And, um, and the Twitter thread started uh, by someone saying, hey, you know, I, w I went and took a three-hour tour around the port, and here's what we saw. And then along the way, they said, okay, so we can see that the, that the ships are, are not being unloaded because, and he lays out a pretty simple model to understand, that the problem is the trucks that would pick up the containers can't do so because they already have containers on them. And the, the, the yards that they could store the containers in are full. And part of the reason they're full is because there's a limit on how high they can stack the containers in the, the storage yards. And that is they can only store them too high, despite the fact that on the ships they're stored, you know, <laughs> very, very high. That's the whole point of containers is they stack easily. But there's so so a, this isn't a physical limitation. It's not that it, it would they would fall all over or be dangerous or could hurt people. Yes, it's that's right. Some other kind of limitation, which means they have to only be too high. But physically, you could stack them twenty high, maybe very high. Exactly right. And 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 so he said it was apparently this is a aesthetic ruling that was done. <laughs> it was a zoning thing that they're not allowed to to be stacked more than too high. And so actually, so here we have this sort of you know meltdown of logistics affecting the global supply chain. And one factor is the fact that. You know, for aesthetic reasons, they don't want to stack the containers more than too high. And he says, you know, well, this seems to be kind of an emergency. <laughs> Perhaps we could get some sort of temporary me uh, measure in place and maybe stack them, I don't know, maybe six high. And the, the remarkable thing was, is that by the end of the same day, I think this is right, within, within certainly, uh, uh, I think it was something like eight hours after he posted the tweet, there was a temporary uh, change of the rules and they were allowed to stack the containers four high, so doubling the storage capacity. Uh, in in the port of Long Beach, and and that's the the reason for the blog post was saying, hey, we should we should learn from this because, the, and this is the point, it was an unexpected victory. It was totally surprising to people that yes, there was this simple solution, um, and, but that people would actually adopt it. That 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 there would be a rapid response and a quick change 
Um, and and they just that, that really defied people's expectations of bureaucracy and the ability of the actors involved to get things done. Yeah, just just think of going up to somebody and saying, "I know some bureaucrats who can move fast." <laughs> uh, the, 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 that is the reaction I would expect: is is vigorous laughter and and scoffing. Exactly. Now, what now? The reason that stood out to me is because, in a sense, what they're describing is has a lot to do with the kind of like the consulting that you and I do, which is to go into organizations where they feel stuck and um, skeptical about their ability to improve things and and make changes happen very quickly. And so what I thought was there's probably some similar lessons between what was happened in Long Beach and what happens when you and I go into an organization. Yeah, precisely. Yep. And I, I, I have, guess what? I have a story of an actual <laughs> client uh, where we actually did this and it was, and it was shipping helpful. containers and you, you uh, stuck not them? the shipping container client, although <laughs> okay. that one's fascinating to me as well. Uh, completely different world. This one actually in um, not even in software where uh, I had two people who were at it. Hammer and tongs would be the uh, classic way to describe it. And um, what they were really having difficulty doing was coming to any common interests that they had. They wanted to produce a uh, various kinds of artifacts, um, imagine things like roadmaps and um, uh, uh, metrics and those sorts of things. They, were, they, they both wanted to create this, but their positions were really far apart. They were really thinking differently about what purpose this could have. They had strong emotions about it, um, couldn't see um, a, a way to collaborate and produce something together because each had kind of flipped the bozo bit on the other. You know, this person's useless, doesn't have the same interest as me, we're not going to get to uh, a useful outcome. And so I'm coaching one of them and I told him, uh, what you really need to do here is create empathy with the other person and you need to start with where he is because I'm not coaching him. I'm coaching you, and so you you need to do something here. And so I counseled him to do something without having seen the Long Beach example uh, that actually is fairly similar to what the um, uh, this guy I think it was Ryan Patterson did um, on the on the three hour boat tour. I said what you should do is do what salespeople do, and they call it a ride along. Uh, this is the same term as police officers use for uh, riding along with a, on a patrol. Uh, but salespeople use it to uh, observe somebody who's selling and then, and this is crucial, after the sales visit, uh, suggesting things to change and finding ways to improve and obstacles to remove to help sales go faster. I said, that's what you need. And so uh, what, what you should be doing is this person's doing this type of activity every week. So you should just ride along. And the crucial thing you should do is not intervene, which is what you've been doing to date, and say, no, 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 do it this way and change this and add this and prioritize the other. Don't do that. Just come along, ask why a lot, understand why the person is doing it the way they're doing it, and ask what the obstacles are. And this, it struck me as you told your story, uh, as very similar to uh, getting on a boat, riding around the, the harbor at, uh, at Long Beach, and looking at the cranes and saying, hey, these cranes, well, they don't seem to be moving. <laughs> Why is that? Well, wait, there's plenty of containers on the ships and there's plenty of trucks. What's the disconnect between them? And, and by asking why, Ryan figured out and then was able to share uh, what the reasons were and what obstacles you could remove. Turned out one of them was easy to remove. In a similar way, the person that I counseled this way uh, did this, um, uh, asked a lot of questions why, 
and found out some some very important, very different obstacles. In, in this case, in particular, that there were personal um, animosities and resentments from earlier interactions that were getting in the way, and um, frustrations with the actions of this person who was who was going on the ride along. So he found out about those, got them on the table, and was able to move forward and make some some real progress with uh, setting up the artifacts that he wanted. What's interesting about that is it's you know that I like that idea of building empathy here, and I think that the idea that there is kind of that there is actually low hanging fruit. I think for me that the the most interesting thing about about this story, and is that is that I think that comes down to that rapid change is possible quickly, and what prevents us from doing it is our you know the the the. Um, ideas that we have in our head about other people. <laughs> and so I like that your, your story here about like, look, you, you, can, you can change your story about other people and then that can get different results. Mm -hmm. I, I'm reminded a bit of um, Gerald Weinberg's Secrets of Consulting, because I think it's in there where he'll talk about how um, typically when he goes into a consultant organization, the client will tell him the problem <laughs> and the solution on his first day in. And so it's sort of a case that the organizationally, the knowledge about where the problems are exists, you know, and, and, uh, it, and then the question is, how do we get combined focus? How do we get that alignment on what is the actual steps we're going to do to make that change? And part of um, the, the blog post here that I found is they had the idea that, you know, Ryan probably knew about this problem before he went around on his, his cruise around the harbor. But the cruiser on the harbor still played a very useful role, which was in the storytelling aspect. And I, and I think there's an element there that I think it's worth us getting into a bit more, which is about the importance of storytelling in uh, um, building uh, alignment on to, to make change. Yeah, because, for example, the, uh, the two people that I just referred to now have common stories, and they're based in reality. So they can, the um, chap I'm um, coaching and advising can say, well, when I worked with you on Thursday, this was the problem. The, uh, it seemed like this was the obstacle. Is that right? And he can refer to a concrete experience that they shared and that therefore gives them a hook to work on. And in the same way, Ryan can say, wait a minute, that crane over there is still not moving. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we increased the limit, but that's still not working. What's going on with that one? So the, in both cases where you have concrete experience, that can be very helpful. And of course, that leads us to think of the classic uh, Toyota strategy of the Gemba walk. And the link between that and stories sounds like a really fascinating topic. Yeah, I think so. Why don't we um, pick up on that next time and uh, talk a bit about Gemba walking and uh, the connection to uh, storytelling and alignment and leadership. Sounds great. Okay. Well, if you have been on a Gemba walk or a Gemba boat ride or a Gemba ride along and you'd like to talk to us about it, or if you disagree with us and think that's not a helpful approach, or if you are moving containers around at the port of Long Beach, we'd sure like to hear from you and talk to you more about those topics. Uh, you can find us at agileconversations.com, free videos, uh, material from us, a mailing list to join, and of course our Twitter and email and carrier pigeon and everything else. So you can get in touch with us there. And you can always find us next Wednesday, and we'll be talking then about more on this topic. And that's here on Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Squirrel.